Well, that's a good thing. So let's um let's just jump into it. First thing I want to ask you, okay, because this is this is my favorite of all time. And I just there was no such thing as Palestine before 1948, Ryan. I, <laughs> I have actually written something about that on my forum called Palestine Doesn't Exist that goes over overkill on how stupid that claim is it's like it's like it's as dumb as that comedian i forget who it was it says well do you have a flag well then you don't exist you know if i was to, to claim virginia uh has only ever been part of the U usa or the csa it's never been its own country therefore we can just go into virginia and kill virginians and take their land you know what was never a state israel israel didn't exist until 1948 Palestine had always existed, whether it was under the Ottoman Empire, the Roman Empire, briefly actually had independence, got its own flag in 1922. Um, you know, it had been a state longer than Mexico had been a state before the Mexican War with the U.S., whatever. You know, Alexander the Great invaded Palestine. The Philistine people have had continuity on that piece of dirt, living there for generations for thousands of years. Now... It would also be true to say that Hebrews, the people that made up Judaism, because these religions have, were all created by people, the Hebrews um, also lived in the same area, but as a three to 4% minority, mostly around what's now Haifa. That's where the alleged King David uh, chiefdom was. King David's not a historical figure. It's he's like King Arthur. It's uh, just a, it's only in the Bible. And if it would be pretty hard to cover up all these wars and things he supposedly had in the fighting a giant with a sling. And all. <laughs> but the, see, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, even if you really, if you're religious and you think King David was a real thing, uh, that would only be a little chiefdom in Haifa, and it was temporary. And then. It was never the Israeli state as it is now. Israel, even in the Bible, is not a landmass. It's the name of a bloodline, the Israelites. It's from the Jacob and Esau story. Jacob changes his name to Israel and then births the 12 tribes of Israel um, who went around enslaving all their neighbors and fighting. <laughs> it's all documented through the books of Kings, but no other... Um, adjacent nation or anything writes about any of these feats they didn't happen and even if they had it wouldn't matter um there was no exodus of jews by the romans like that is made up um but even if that had happened it still wouldn't matter because the philistines didn't do it and they have been living there the entire time they cannot just go down there in the 30s and start colonizing an area even Britain, like Captain Colonization, thought, well, we need to slow this down. They had white papers in 1937. They limited migration of Jews from Europe to Palestine uh, up to, I think, 750,000 per year. But they just um, went there illegally anyway and continued to do that. And Germany actually helped them with that briefly, thinking, well, we're in enemies with the British Empire and this will hurt the British war effort. So well, let's give them that problem. And that was the Ivara agreement. It wasn't because they wanted to create a Jewish ethnic state or anything. They just wanted them out of Germany and wanted to give Britain a headache. 
So, uh, and these people bombed boats and all manner of terrorists started the state of Israel, Ergun, uh, Stern Gang, Haganah, where they, they even attacked other Jews. There's a less, less infamous incident than the USS Liberty was the SS Patria, where they sank a boat full of Jews that was leaving Palestine. They didn't want them to leave. They wanted a Jewish uh, majority demographic. So they blew it up. 1,800 Jews were thrown into the Mediterranean and um, 55 British sailors were also killed. Many of the Jews, ironically, were rescued by Palestinian fishermen and civilians that went out there to save them. And a lot of them were children and elderly that ended up dying because that's the first to drown, right? Um, they And they, these same groups went around bombing hotels, throwing grenades through windows, blowing up railroads, boats, an embassy, you name it. And that's how Israel was born. And they did a lot of it through illegal arms smuggling from Europe and the United States, especially dynamite. That was one of their things. So you have a nation born out of terrorist groups and the Jewish agency just becomes the first government of Israel. And the head of the Haganah terrorist organization has just become the first prime ministers of Israel. And when I'm saying stealing weapons, I'm mean everything, including nuclear material from the United States. And that's a long story. But anyway, they built a state on top of a state that already existed. And even if you say, well, that's part of Jordan, I'm like, okay, then you stole part of Jordan, whatever. You can't just, you can't justify colonization like that. And especially when you're guilty of what you're accusing someone else of, point to me the Israeli state on the map before 1948, because I can show you Palestine. It's there, uh, just the same as like a state within the United States is there. All the other states that were part of the Ottoman Empire, you can say they didn't exist, like even Turkey, like was it because it was that is so silly. Well, you know, uh, technically most European states used to be part of Rome, so I guess that should all be Italian now. It's a ridiculous thing. And if you start that standard, you'd have to redraw the map for everything on earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, another one is, well, I mean, you have to go back and read the proto-Zionists. Like who are you fighting also if Palestine doesn't exist and who are you shooting yeah. at? Yeah. Well, right. I actually did a spoof. It was on uh, Pat Buchanan's page briefly. It was called, um, it's gone now because they deleted my YouTube, but it was called, uh, it was about Tibet. It was like the, how the media would do Tibet if Tibet was a threat to Israel. And they would be like, China doesn't exist. And like all the same rhetoric <laughs> because they had actually, China had murdered 142 Tibetans that week. And the exact same number of Palestinians have been killed in the three-day period, 142, by the Israelis. And they're like, well, they don't exist. Mm. Well, then, then you're killing your own people. Like, no matter how you play the word game, like, well, is it a, a nation or is it part of Israel? If it's part of Israel, then you're in a civil war and you're ethnically cleansing your quote-unquote own people, your own people who don't get to vote in, in your elections and so on. So that's an apartheid. And if it's not, then you're invading your neighbors, both of which are illegal and wrong. Well, even those who are considered like the founders of Zionism, like Herzl, when you read their works, they talk about their brothers who are living in Palestine right now. And what were, you know, they were 
talking about we need to reach out to them because if this is going to be our homeland, we need to talk to them. And then all of a sudden there's just a switch in the there's a switch after World War One, and it's like, well, yeah, maybe we need those people out of there. And they were calling them their brothers. And I think as Shlomo Sand and Sheldon Richmond point out that the people who were there are the real Jews. I mean, they were most of them are probably Jews who families had been there for 2000 years who had converted to Islam over over the centuries because they there had was been a switch and, in Zionism, just like the Klan, for example, the Klan started out as a reaction to Yankees confiscating personal property. So it was a military unit to to fight to to preserve private property from from being stolen. After this Hollywood film came out called Birth of a Nation, it just became like a racist lynch mob. Early Zionists, actually, the word meant to have a place to preserve Jewish culture and history safely since they were being persecuted everywhere. Um, There's a lot of religious prejudice back in the day, and mm -hmm. Christians didn't like anybody that wasn't a Christian. They didn't even like other Christians of the wrong brand, right? Uh, Jews have been forbidden from lots of different occupations and it was a real issue and obviously we know how bad it got in the 30s so early zionism was sincere movement supported by even like einstein but it quickly flipped the script into becoming an ethno state and people like einstein and others wrote letters published in the new york times by the way condemning all the actions and comparing it to fascist italy uh, and saying this is exactly what we escaped from and you're doing the same thing to Palestinians, you have an ethno state and the Likud party is just like the Nazis, like you can't tell the difference ideologically other than it's Jews instead of Aryans or whatever that's supposed to dominate and um, you know they probably all needed therapy after everything that happened but it's uh early Zionists well so and so and so and so Zionists like yeah that's when Zionism meant this. And that clearly isn't what it is now. Like it's clearly Jewish supremacy. Like feminism, that's another one. Feminism used to be about equal rights for women, but that isn't what it is now. Feminism is man bashing. Third wave feminism, they might parse it out with some additives or whatever. But so there's some things like that, the Klan, Zionism, feminism, where, or even Democrat and Republican, that then what it was or used to mean is not what it means over time that happens in history. So 1948 happens, and um, why don't you give a little background of- Yeah, I mean, they uh, confiscated guns from Palestinians, but not Jews. And then they're coming, almost all of them are out of Poland, Hungary, or some European state. And I mean, they they don't even speak Hebrew or, or Yiddish, or they're just Polish or Russian or whatever. And they- White, Europe, all, white Europeans. Yeah, Ashkenazis, they call them whatever they're, yeah, they're white people, they have blue eyes and the whatever, they make up these. See, when we say race, by the way, there's the colloquial version of race. So we'd be like blacks, whites, Arabs, Asians, um, Indians, and da, 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 da. Now, if you're going to say geographically, like, well, Indians and Pakistanis are Asian, Egyptians are African, if you do it by geography. And if you do it by the more technical scientific thing, then there's only four races, maybe five, and Arabs and Persians and Caucasians would all be considered Caucasoid. Um, but when we when they say race, it's mainly political. So that would be Arab, Persian, Black, 
white and sometimes they divide the whites up and so on so people use those terms what they really mean is phenotype but they don't say that they say race but in their own mind i'm using their terms the only people that think of jews as a race are zionists and nazis to everyone else it's a religion and an ethnic group and an ethnic group can be different races because it's a cultural glue that ties it together or a religion that ties it together, whatever, <clears throat> like Brazilians or something. That's a, that's a nationality as well as ethnic group. And I don't want to get into the weeds and all that, but it was Europeans with European languages and European cultures and customs that went to Palestine and colonized it. And Palestine was both Christian and Muslim predominantly. And there was a, a little little minority of Jews that had just been there the whole time. The diaspora starts coming from everywhere uh, out of Europe and also out of Yemen and Egypt because the Jewish supremacist terrorists started conducting false flag terrorist operations on fellow Jews to force them to leave where they lived to come seek refuge in Israel and got caught doing that over and over again. I made a film called How Terrorists Formed a Nation that goes over it and it's it's not hidden and like it's not denied or anything it just isn't taught to you you know it's not like many things in history you know like why'd we get in world war one mm, i wonder they just don't tell you but it's also not denied like the six-day war they don't deny that they started it they just say this excuse well yeah egypt was preemptively building on the border and i'm like really because they're at war with Saudi Arabia. I think they wanted to open up a second front against Israel. It doesn't make any sense. And if they're doing that, why would they have their entire air force in a row on the ground, which got preemptively bombed? There's always some excuse that the Israelis give. They've attacked every single one of their neighbors preemptively. And there was no reason if, if there was going to be Jewish migrants to Palestine, why they couldn't just both live on the same piece of dirt like any other place in the world, right? When the Irish came to America, they didn't segregate them. When the Italians came, they just live there like everyone else does and share the land. But these people, uh-uh, they needed a Jewish ethnic state, and they call Israel the Jewish state. I don't call it a Jewish state. That's their out of their words. This is a Jewish state. And they, you know, the Jewish state has about as much right to exist as the Islamic state and formed by a bunch of terrorists. But if you're going by body count, the Jewish state's way ahead of ISIS. Yeah, yeah. So um, talk a little bit about the Six Day War because that included um, you know, attacks on the United States as well. Yeah, and I'll, I'll also bring up the war of 1956 that everyone likes to skip. The, because this is how it happens. It's really one long continuation because, uh, well, I'll, I'll explain. In 1956, or the Suez crisis, Israel was conducting false flag attacks again. Operation Susanna. A lot of people call it the Levon affair. I don't think that's fair because Pinhas Levon, the defense minister, was actually a, a fall guy. Benjamin Gavili was the architect of it, little pirate patch weirdo. Um, they were blowing up Western targets and Britain was in on this. They're like, yeah, blow up some movie theaters and stuff. It'll give us a pretext to have a presence because they wanted the Suez. 
Philip Nathanson's bomb went off prematurely in his jacket. They searched his house. They found out Israeli intelligence. Da 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 da. Um, but they went to war anyway, and France and Britain assisted the Israelis in pounding Egypt. Eisenhower stepped in and said, "Knock it off." They got this new thing called the UN, so they put uh, UN peacekeeping forces in uh, the Sinai Peninsula in Gaza for ten years. Well, 10 years later, oh, guess what? LBJ's president, because somebody killed JFK and put in Lyndon Johnson, whose aunt was a founder of the Zionist American Council. And long story about Johnson. He's a, he's a Zionist. Uh, and so from 1957 to 1967, there was a peacekeeping force. Two weeks after they were moved, things go kaboom. Israel preemptively starts a war on their neighbors. Uh, the moment the Egyptian forces left Gaza, Israel occupied it. And they would have settlements there from 1967 all the way until 2005. They didn't remove the settlements until the roadmap to peace from George Bush Jr. But they never really removed them. They just relocated them to the West Bank and had America pay for it. So, And then they bombed Gaza and they turned it into a, an open-air prison. Gaza Strip is like a Middle Eastern Indian reservation. It's basically jail. 67, they preemptively attacked Egypt's Air Force while it was on the ground. They preemptively shot down Syrian fighter planes uh, who had an alliance with Egypt at the time. Nasser already had his hands full. And so it was a great victory for the Israelis. They surprised them. And they had all this weaponry from Britain and the United States. They're much more advanced and organized. And they just caught caught them um, and stole a lot of land. And this is where the settlements start. And this is where the land grabs in Golan Heights and Sinai start. They would lose pieces of that in 1973 through one losing the war uh, or at least a draw. But in negotiations afterward, they had to cede the territory. It was never theirs in the first place. Of course, the entire thing isn't theirs, but they kept the settlements illegally. It was condemned in UN resolutions, which they just ignored. And they continued colonizing both Gaza and the West Bank. And they were moved out in 05 of Gaza. And, and they continue occupying Jerusalem. Keep, they always are encroaching in more and more in East Jerusalem. With uh, If they don't demolish the house, they'll just have people walk in and take it. They're like, this is my living room now. Get out of here. Can you imagine that? Like you have a house, a family. And some other family of the correct religious category, ethnic religion, we call them Serks, the correct ethnic religious category. They just come in and be like, God gave me this. Get out. It's your furniture, your house, your everything. And they just start squatting there until you leave. And if you do anything to them, you'll go to jail. But they can do whatever they want to you. They can vandalize your stuff, dump your trash on you. They can burn your whatever they want to do. They're allowed to do it like Antifa. The police protects them or ignores them. But if you fight back, then you go to jail, right? What's it like to be, feel now you're all, we're all Palestinians now, as the phrase goes, right? Um, so they're squatting in there and the UN and other organizations always shake their finger, but they never do anything. And they can't do anything because Israel has 110% American backing. And so every resolution is toothless. There would be over a hundred more if the U.S. didn't solo veto vote it down because they're on the Security Council. And it often it's the entire world versus the United States. And the U.S. says no. And that's a no. 
because they it, there is no majority rule or any of that in the UN. It's okay, you, you plebs vote on whatever you want, but the Security Council, the big ones that matter, if any of us say no, then it's a no. So the UN is useless. It's just, it's just oh, if you do agree with America, we'll pass it. But if you don't, then we're not going to acknowledge it. So it's just a way of bullying people. Uh, it's common sense, though. You don't really need an external government body to validate the immorality of colonizing people. The settlements, I don't call them settlements. Usually I call them racial colonies because that's what they are. It's uh, since they're a race in their own mind, they're like, well, only, you know, white European Jews of this stock, some of them from America too, like from Brooklyn and stuff are in these settlements, mm -hmm. speak English, New York accent and all, and they're just stealing land and no one is allowed to live there. Only Jews can even step foot in there. No Bedouin, no anything, not well, just Jews. Let, let, let me ask you a question because it's these settlements, these houses, the people who are moving in there, like say the Brooklynite who grew up in Brooklyn and now is living in Israel is oh, the house. Let's say he's returning there. Yeah. Yeah. Returning. Right? Never lived there um, in his life. And no one in his family has be like, I'm returning to Israel because they believe in this fictional history. But he's not buying that house, right? That house is being given to them, right? Yeah. It's yeah. They it's socialism. It's a, the greatest. Oh, the, the defenders of democracy in the Middle East. They're a socialist nation. It's a socialist theocracy yeah. because it's socialism with a religious theme or whatever. It's a, it's the worst of every type of government. They're fascist in the sense of the, of the mercantilism and corporate welfare. They're socialist uh, subsidizing houses on top of other people violently. So they're racial fascists, by the way, the national socialist type of socialism. And it's a theocracy too, because the whole thing is justified by asinine rabbinical nonsense. And yeah, they, the Palestinians don't have a right of return. If someone got kicked out and fled to Jordan or Egypt or whatever, can't return. But some white guy in New York that's, you know, one millionth Elizabeth Warren Jewish can go there and get a free house and become a citizen of Israel automatically just for being a Jew. It is the only state in the world that has an immigration policy based on race and even DNA test. And, you know, that would never fly anywhere else. If that kind of crap happened in America, I can't imagine the, you know, the backlash, but Israel can do it, which just shows you the, the anti-racist push in the United States is all just, it's exactly what the Unabomber said. You're, you're kicking the horse of yesteryear. They're kicking a dead horse on issues that have already been resolved. So like challenging the ethnic colonization of Palestinians has consequences and criticism. Um, you know, pontificating about how slavery in the 19th century was wrong is perfectly safe because that's already been resolved. Flogging the Nazi. We already won that war. It's over. There are no Nazis. There, there is no systemic racism in the U.S. in that direction. Like if you were a white supremacist, you'd never get in a university. You'd never get a job. You could probably be thrown in jail. You'd be ostracized in all social media. Like it is condemned as much as a thing can be condemned. It's right there next to like rape. As far as the evils you could do is white supremacy. I think actually rape might get more of a pass like in Hollywood and stuff. That's just sort of the culture there casting couch rape. Whereas racism, whoa. Yeah. If a politician actually had slaves like in libya which obama and biden did they could get away with that 
you could blow up people by the hundreds of thousands and survive that politically. But if you said the N word, you would be gone. Your whole family would never be able to elect it again. That is like the most taboo subject unless um, Israel does it. And so what's really going on is anti-racism isn't really anti-racism because it's so full of inconsistencies. You're never going to see a story about Nigerian police abuse because no one cares. It's only an anti-white thing. When a white person does something, it's an anti-Western, anti-white, anti-male type of thing driven by the insecurities of the people who are actually racist. And they want to feel it's, I call it paternalistic racism, where they want to help the minorities because it puts them in this, you're in this lesser than thou position and it makes them feel above you and good about themselves. Like we're helping you, which you can't do unless you're above someone below you, right? Um, Democrats are the real races, they could say, but it, it's both parties and they, they all participate in this. But when it comes to actual racism, like, colonizing people out now you, can, you can't get more racist than israel they demolished palestinian homes and graves and took the gravestones to make the foundation more a museum of jewish history which is just full of shit like it's it's mythological nonsense like samson and delilah like these are not real stories but they just decided this is now history and history history doesn't matter they're erasing the people and their history like genocide physical genocide isn't enough they have to wipe out everything they've ever done erase them from history that that's more than wiped off the map like that's wiped off memory and that's what they're doing and it works i mean when you try to tell people you got to sit down and explain because they people have been brainwashed Christian, the, the Judeo version of Judeo Christianity, whatever they think that Israel's always been there and it's always been Jewish. And there's these like Islamic invaders or something. No, Israel was created in 1948, never existed before that. Palestinians had always lived there. Doesn't matter what they call the piece of dirt. You know, it's like saying, well, these American Indians, not all of them had nations. So, you know, you don't exist unless you have a flag. <laughs> silliness after world war ii didn't the world court wasn't it made illegal to if you're at war to take other people's lands other to yes the, well the geneva conventions land. one of the one of the like good things they did is you can't annex territory if you win a war you don't get to take over land and the reason was because after world war one they did steal lands from germany and they separated Danzig from Germany. And so part of Germany was now Polish. Part of it was French. And that was a driving factor, believe it or not, for why there was World War II. The Treaty of Versailles carved up land. But the people living there don't speak Polish. They still speak German. They're just now part of Poland. They can't participate politically. They don't even speak the same language as the country that rules over them now. They're just suddenly belong to this other country or, or they're French or whatever. And they don't speak French either. Same thing. Uh, and so a lot of the World War I veterans and stuff thought this isn't right. German folk should be part of Germany, including Austria and so on. And, you know, they that was a legitimate grievance that they had. And it wasn't like Hitler just mesmerized everybody or, the, or the, you know, the primary reason was racism, or whatever. Everybody's racist in the 1930s. Um, 
it was German lands had illegitimately been stolen in a war they weren't even losing and given to other states. Uh, and that should never have happened. It was predictable that there would be another war because the people living there can't. I mean, imagine that if we did that now in the United States, whatever, we just gave Southern Florida to Cuba or something, or I don't know, you know, you, you can't, let's give Hawaii to Japan or something. You can't or do Or if that. the UN demanded it. If the UN yeah. came in and said, here's a resolution and we're giving Texas back to Mexico. Right. What would be, what would be the response? Yeah, it would never put up with that. And it's at least Texas used to be part of Mexico. The Germany was never part of Poland, you know? So it'd be like, we're going to give, uh, we're going to give the entire Midwest to Mexico or something, you know, all the way up to Montana or something. Um, and it was, it, it was very valuable land too. And so as what Germany needed for its survival and they just thought it was wrong. So everybody decided, look, you can't annex territory. It's just inevitable conflict in the future. And they stopped doing that. And there have been wars back and forth, but you never trade territory except Israel. They're always encroaching on Palestinian land. They also stole land from Lebanon, Syria, and Egypt. They had to return what they got from Egypt, but they, they squatted on it for long enough. And right now you're going on from 1948 to now of them squatting on Palestine. That's the... The example that's most akin to that would probably be the annexation of Korea by Japan from 1906 to 1945. North and South Korea were just part of Japan, even though they didn't speak Japanese, culturally different, you know, Japan just took it, right? Very similar to what the British and French empires had done all over the world. Um, and yeah, it was sort of an autonomous zone, like, it's all the Japanese empire, but they did consider it two states. It wasn't like attached to Tokyo or anything, but <clears throat> nobody would argue that Japan had a right to just squat on the Koreas or just one Korea at the time. You know, obviously that sh Korea should be Korean. It's its own culture, its own language, its own country. Shouldn't be part of China, shouldn't be part of Japan. And the Palestinians should not be invaded by a bunch of European Jews that just took the land. I mean, they could go and live there, but you got to have equal rights. You got to have equal voting, equal everything, and they don't. And in the West Bank, it's even worse. They're total military occupation. You have segregated highways, segregated high schools, segregated everything, and settlers, socialism style, just get to demolish your home with a bulldozer, put their own home up for the chosen, self-proclaimed chosen race of God and live there. And they can abuse you all they want, and you can't do anything back. Uh, there's nobody more abused in the world than Palestinians right now, not even North Korea. There's nobody facing that level of abuse from a, from a state more than them. And for generations, this has gone on. To, and I think most of the world's populations get it now because of the internet. You've seen pro-Palestine rallies everywhere, Paris, London, Canada, Tokyo. But governments are different. They only listen to money. And Israel has such a parasitic relationship to the United States because they realize, hey, go to the biggest host. Parasites flock to the biggest host, and that's the U.S. There's not a single member in Congress that's willing to cut off aid to Israel. Even AOC and them be like, well, we'll keep aid, but make it conditional. No one's just saying, how about they don't get any, right? Um, 
nobody on the three-letter networks is going to say Israel's in the wrong. Oh, they got to defend themselves. Does Palestine not have a right to defend itself? I mean, almost the entire conflict is in Palestine. The checkpoints but are in But they're Palestine. all terrorists. They're all terrorists. Right. And when they get a chance to vote, they vote for terrorists. Don't you know this, Ryan? Right. Well, the 35 years of occupation before Hamas was even on the scene, how do you justify that? Right. Eventually, they do that because nothing else has worked. And if Hamas is uh, they're chattering, rockets, they're they're chattering savages. I mean, right. well, you, <laughs> you have these white Europeans over here who speak English and they sound like us. Then you have well, these chattering savages over here who, you know, worship, worship Allah, who just wants them to blow up infidels. 25% so, I mean, of them are Christian too, actually. Bethlehem's majority Christian Palestinian, don't, but they, they don't they do have different skin and language, but um, um, a lot of them can speak English too, actually. But I don't think it's a white thing because if you look at the apartheid of South Africa, everybody condemned it. It was wrong to do that and uh, cut off trade and, and ended the apartheid. It's religion. It's uh, a lot of Christians feel an affinity for Jews and think that that's their land based on mythology. And just, and they don't know anything. They don't wanna know the details of the conflict. Like that's Jewish land. And they identify more with Judaism than they do Islam. They don't even know that Palestinians are Christian too. It's, that's just not even on their radar but more than any of that like th that religion wouldn't work and there's probably a, a, a token amount of racist as well they're just like well jews are white or whatever but the media is the most important thing if the media would just cover it honestly this is over in a day but they don't and that's what happened with south africa they're just tra la la been doing what they've been doing because no one was aware of it Besides, everybody supported white uh, colonization and racism and Afrikaans, and they didn't know about it. As soon as the media said, hey, do you know what's going on in South Africa? Did you know how they treat blacks and da da da? Then people were like, really? And it, it, this lasted until the 90s. I mean, this wasn't like mm -hmm. ancient times. This, I, was, I was like, what? In the 80s, all through the 80s, they just had a racial apartheid state? Yep. Uh, when it was no longer to economic advantages to maintain that, everybody jumped on them. And that's when the media said, hey, this is racial apartheid. And immediately everyone was against it in the, in the whole globe, governments and all. But with Israel, the media doesn't tell the public what's going on. But if they did, I don't think these, even the Christians like that are, they would realize, oh, I didn't know they were doing that. It's hard to look at all the dead babies and things and house demolitions and and side with the aggressors, right? But they've never seen it. All you see on CNN, Fox, and the in-betweens is uh, a terrorist organization shooting rockets, as if the Israeli state are not also terrorists. It's all semantics. I mean, the largest, you know what the largest terrorist organization in the world is? It's the CIA. But we're not going to label our own intelligence agency as terrorists, but they definitely are. They assassinate people. They run drugs. They run guns. They're, they're the biggest organized crime ever is the CIA. And the Mossad is also a terrorist organization. They murder. They do false flags. Like They're far worse than Hamas. Hamas, I, would, I don't consider it terrorism for an occupied people to defend their own lives. And they don't have F-15s. They don't have an Air Force at all. They don't have a Navy at all. It's a militia group 
with homemade weapons or things bought on the black market, often sold to them by Israelis, by the way, desperately shooting rockets that don't have warheads. They're flying pipe bombs is what they are. Gone over the whole thing with an actual rocket scientist, Ted Postle from MIT. The Iron Dome and the digital Iron Dome are a crock. Like, I actually have an insider mole from Israeli Aerospace Institute AI that is telling me the amount of money and stuff that Israel spends every time there's some dinky rocket goes by and they fire the Iron Dome up there. I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars per shot to try and get down a, a rocket that would have to physically land on you to do damage. It's, there's no warheads. It's just like a bunch of BBs or nails or whatever. That's a pipe bomb. And they can do damage and often just hit a field or whatever. They're doing a lot more damage this time uh, because Hamas is the one firing them. Often in the past, Israel just shoots a rocket at itself in the middle of nowhere and points to it and goes, aha, and then reacts to its own provocation, much like the CIA did in Operation Washtub and other things. Um, this time, Hamas is shooting the rockets and they are landing on things. And it, it's terrible, but it's predictable. I mean, you're shooting their apartment buildings and media complexes, and you've been murdering their children all year long, and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that, and you are colonizing them, and you are stealing their property, and you are putting children in prison, and you put them on a calorie count, and you have a blockade, and you, you know, there's such a long list of abuses that the Israelis are doing the Palestinians, and if they show up to the fence in peaceful protests, snipers just shoot them in the balls and the eyes or in the head and just kill them. So what are they supposed to do? They have exhausted every option other than violence because Israel doesn't care or listen to anything but violence. They, they've looked at the international community. U.S. just vetoes every resolution, even ones that pass, aren't enforced. They tried the International Criminal Court, they're dragging the feet, and they're sick of it. So yeah, they're firing rockets. But guess what? So is Israel. And Israel started this recent conflict. They shot a 16-year-old boy. They shot a 60-year-old mother who they said was, had, was in a knife attack. I found video footage of it. Wasn't true. She had both hands up, no weapons. They shot her dead anyway. They beat people in the Alaska mosque. They closed down the gathering spots for Ramadan. They did a second beating in the mosque where they shot people with rubber bullets, including a one-year-old baby. Um that's why the public turned to Hamas and was like, you got to do something because no one is going to do anything. So what do you, what do you expect? Just lay down and die. Yeah. They fire at you and well, they should just fire at Israeli bases or whatever. Nah, it's some 95% of the Israeli public supports the apartheid. So fuck them. Well, they should be panicking. They should be scared. This is colonization. This is crazy horse versus Custer. Like none of them are innocent. If you, you got air raid shelter, go down there. You're fine. And more Jews died from trampling each other from panic than they did from Ross rockets. But like you, if you don't politically get out there and oppose what your government is doing to Palestinians, you're part of the problem. Like at least in the U S when they went to war in Iraq, there was a, some 70% of the population that didn't want to and opposed it. And, and lobbied and protested and wrote. And you don't see that in Israel is the opposite. Part of why Netanyahu is on this bloodless crusade is because he couldn't form a government. And he knows that attacking people actually helps you in the polls rather than hurts you.
they want to kill people. They want more land. The last time in 2004, they thought it was so funny. They're out there in lawn chairs, having a big picnic, drinking beer, watching the Israeli Air Force blow the shit out of Gaza. Cheering it. These are people that set people's homes on fire and killed children. And if there's a survivor, he went and stabbed a picture of a toddler, you know, celebrating at a Jewish wedding. Be like, yeah, just kill them all. This is the kind of attitude. You're dealing with real psychopaths here. And you can always say, well, it's not all of them. It's never all. But at what point do you draw the line, right? They all need to be afraid because of their own malignant behavior. You know, when there was a terrorist attack in the United States, it's definitely wrong, but it was expected. You cannot go around fucking with people everywhere. Look at Abu Ghraib where they raped young boys and filmed it and showed their mothers and castrated people and tortured people and humiliated Iraqis. No wonder they gravitated to militia groups and started killing Americans. What would we do if people took American soldiers and stripped them naked and castrated them and tortured them and beat them and humiliated them and had dogs barking on them and stuff and then found their children and sodomized them and raped them and filmed it. The, the America would nuke a country if they did that. It's so humiliating and demasculating. And that's what they did. And there was no fucking point in it to do Abu Ghraib. There's no taking time bomb scenario like 24 or whatever that stupid show was. You torture people, they tell you whatever they think you want to hear. I mean, torture is how we got confessions that, yeah, I'm a witch, which is impossible. But they just said, sure, I'm a witch. Stop torturing me. You know, it's unreliable. It's pointless, but they get off on it. And it was, you know, Seymour Hirsch and other people that broke these stories. But they these are the kind of people that make decisions in government. The one that want to torture other human beings and think it's it's wonderful. We'll show them, we'll call it shock and awe. They wanted the awe. They wanted the envy and awe of the Iraqis to see the big, bad American missiles. They, I call them the jack-off missile Johnny and glass parking lot crowd. Do you have a write-up of that still on the forum? The video is gone. Because, see, I get deleted for speaking out against this stuff because it's anti-Semitic to defend uh, people from home demolitions and ethnic cleansing. It's the exact opposite, you know. Uh, but they, the censorship is nuts and the self-censorship is even bigger. The reason a lot of people in the mass media don't bring it up is it's career suicide. You can't do it. And the reason people in alternative media who definitely know better will not tackle this issue, and I appreciate that you are tackling it, is because it's career suicide. They'll, get, they'll lose the payment processors. They'll get banned on all the YouTubes and Twitter and whatever, which both of us have been banned <laughs> on Twitter. I got one of them back, but um, banned on YouTube, banned on Patreon, banned on PayPal, banned on Squarespace, banned on MySpace, banned on AOL, banned on Vimeo. Um, pick something. I, I've been kicked off of it usually several times. Facebook, banned on that. And it's always for speaking up for Palestine. I had a video banned called Palestinians are people too. In fact, when they were calling them human shields, because that's one of the other canards, I oh, was yeah. fascinated. You have, to get like, Ooh. you have to get into that because you, know, you admit they're, they're, they're human. They're, yeah. that's, that's a step. <laughs> but, but there are people out there who are going to argue that 
Well, Hamas just is using human shields. They hide no evidence in, for that. They put their rockets in there. Hamas yeah, was right. in that bu- Hamas was in that press building with the AP mm-hmm. and Al Jazeera. Yeah, but there's not a shred of evidence to show Hamas was in any of those buildings. And what are you going to say? They're, are they the sleeping fa- in residential the, beds when they're killing little girls who are asleep? But the you fake know? news told me this, dude. Come yeah, on. No. Every Trump supporter out there who calls the fake news, fake news, and even libertarians who call them fake news, where do they get their Israel-Palestine information from? The well, Hasbara, from the Hasbara the fucking influenced... Yeah. New York Times and well, it's like it's it's Michael Mallon and Ben Shapiro and Crowder and the you know the Zio approve uh kosher right wing. These people, the Shapiros, the Ezra Levant crowd, the Laura Loomers, this hardcore Zionist, and it's hilarious. Barry what Barry Weiss? You want to talk about Barry yeah. Weiss? Oh, Barry Weiss, and you're well, she's no longer at the New York Times. I did a seven-hour woodshed on her because she was on with Joe Rogan, and every sentence out of her mouth was bullshit. Like she could, she was, I've never seen a more pathological liar. And I think she believed herself. Oh, she does. You say I mean, her suicide bombings every day in cafes where I lived. She just wrote a not. book about how anti-Semitic the United States is. Of course she would. She is just this <laughs> disgusting person. Um, She got run out of the New York times because she was like more evangelical shit lib than even them, you know, <laughs> and she calls herself center left. <laughs> and she was brought in there to be the quote unquote conservative voice. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, <laughs> there is no conservative kind of. voice in the New York Times, but yeah. the New Yorker is way better than the Times. The, the the Post is the New York Post is way better than the Times. Every the Times is what gave us Judith Miller and William Sapphire and WMDs in Iraq and bounties on the heads of American soldiers by Russia and all the Russiagate crap and Litvinenko and Scripple and it's just lie after lie after lie. Niger, um, the anthrax attack after 9-11, like they lied about everything. Why would you go there and listen to anything they have to say? But Barry Weiss, so I did a little 25-minute clipping of my seven-hour woodshed that it. I've it been good. trying to pass it around. It's heartbreaking. But that's the thing. I tried to include clips of like Ali, whose family was burned to death. And Robert and the cash went and met with him, played soccer with him a little bit in his yard. And settlers were going, making fun of him, doing doing this with their fingers, like you're next. And it, nothing's enough. I, I got banned. My initial ban on Facebook was I called it Jewish supremacists. And I showed the rats, the hilltop boys that learn around burning churches and houses. I mean, they burned a church of miracles. That should piss Christians off, right? The place where Jesus allegedly divided the loaf of bread and fish among the masses, they burned it down. Jesus, Jesus is not going to come back unless unless so Israel temple, rebuilds yeah. the temple and starts sacrificing again. So we just have to give them a pass on everything they do or else Jesus isn't coming back. Including burning churches where Jesus preached, right? Hey, come on. Yeah. Well, they don't Surprise. know it. That's the thing. They don't know that that happened. That should have been a massive story. The Church of Miracles is burned to ground by Jewish terrorists, and they refused to give him compensation or insurance. The Israeli state were like, nope, you're not going to rebuild it, not with our money. They want them out. They want all the Christian sites out of there. Mm-hmm. But the, the Zio-cucked Judeo-Christians in the West, especially the United States, uh, Totally unaware of any of that. It's just Israel can do no wrong. They're the Jews. That's the chosen. God said so. That's it. End of discussion. Right. 
and Jewish Zionists are the same way. The Shapiros and the Milos and stuff, these provocateurs that argue with high school kids about non-issue identitarian crap. And it's funny because they are identitarian themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they'll pick on a boy that wants to be a girl or whatever. But, you know, the next thing out of Shapiro's mouth was like, well, as a Jew, as a, as a, as a, Gilad Osman calls them the Azas, as a Jew, as a gay, as a black, as a this, as a that. You don't get any special insight on stuff. Things are what they are. You're not disqualified from having an opinion on something or have extra opinion, on, uh, extra merit on it because of your biological category much less your religious category because that's something you choose um but that's how they go like their entire brand is on not being identitarian and they're all identitarian they all believe in the jewish state and the mythology and all the rest of it mm-hmm. so logical over here and not over here it's amazing i'll see people like trash some certain religion on how ridiculous it is but not their own that one's the real one you know yeah, yeah of course <laughs> it is of course it is, because I believe in it. And there's this book. Yeah, those me. other holy books, nah, mine's the real holy book. Theirs aren't. And my version of it. It's got to be the King James something, 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 something. Oh, yeah. Whatever. That, that's how it, that was fun. And they did. Most of them never read it. It'd be hard to read it and still maintain, like, uh, you, you need a lot of rationalization to make those books catch up to modern morality. Yeah. It's got animal sacrifice, endangered servitude, slavery, monarchies, like, you know, nothing we support today. But the, they, um, you know, they can burn churches and it's not even mentioned in the Western press. Yeah. The most ancient Christian churches there are burned. There's nothing that old in Europe. Notre Dame, they don't hold a candle compared to the things in Bethlehem. That's the first churches. And they're just erasing them. ISIS style. We'll just burn it down, stare down the statues, set up everything on fire. Some of the oldest Bibles, just burn them. Well, it seems like they're trying to get rid, as much as they hate Assad, and Assad protects the Christians in his country. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's got to be something to that. I mean, the Alawites basically are Christians that just say, yeah, we're Muslim, so that they get left alone. But in practice, they're basically Christians, but whatever. Assad was a coalition of minorities against this sort of overbearing Sunni bloc. So he had different Shia groups, including Alawites and Druze and Christians and versus this giant Sunni bloc. But a lot of the Sunnis also agree with Assad because the Wahhabist faction that makes comprises ISIS or Daesh, whatever you want to say, are just nuts. I mean, but I understand how it got to be the way it is when you look at what america and israel did to the middle east and people growing up no father house destroyed they watch fallujah get burned people tortured in jail every humiliation a person could could face and watching this is their neighbors starve to death Eight hundred thousand people starved sanctions in iraq the bombings in lebanon the you know pick a place that's why they gravitate to some Iman on the hill with a strong voice that's condemning America and saying Islam's the way. And they join there and they become militants. But that wasn't born out of nothing. Like re- religions get that way because of pressure. And suicide bombings, Ron Paul pointed it out, whether it's Vietnam or Iran or whatever, suicide bombings are a reaction to occupation, not religion. Kamikaze in Japan, 
but it's it, only it was... it's only Muslim. It, it, it's only Muslims that do it. Completely ignore Ireland. Completely ignore Northern it, Ireland. Sure, or or Asia, or any, it happens in places when there's enough pressure and they're desperate. That's the weapon of the poor. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is. And uh, yeah, well, Ireland's poor too, <laughs> or was they not at, not like they used to be. But for most of history, Ireland was dirt poor like fourth world status living with animals in your houses and stuff um and they've really turned things around because capitalism works korea was dirt poor now it's the 11th richest country in the world singapore and it's same it was backward as hell and you know free markets work and singapore is multi-ethnic korean is homogenous that doesn't matter Right. People will point to that. That's not that's irrelevant. Um, Mongolia and China, there's lots of places that are ethnic states that don't work very well. Um, you have all that's such a silly thing. I mean, but, you know, Israel wants to be an ethnic state, <laughs> but there's still a pecking order among which type of Jew you are. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're all at each other's throats on that, too. The I'm Orthodox sure my, Jews. I'm sure my Sephardic self would probably be second-class citizen if I decided to go to Israel. <laughs> Sephardic and Mizrahi and any kind of Orthodox faction are, you know, you aren't real Jews, even though that's the original Jews. Um, the Ashkenazi, twenty-two percent, twenty percent, whatever it is, that's the ruling class. That's the donor class because they're tied to the MIC. Like from its inception, Israel never had a chance because. The Zionist warmongering factions were backed by the original colonial powers, the UK, France, and the United States that wanted to sell guns and cause a conflict and profit off of it. So their political opponents never ascended. It was Haganoff and day one because they had foreign support and the other factions didn't. And so it's, it's everyone's fault uh, involved in that. And Palestine just, <laughs> they had no supporters. Briefly, there was Saddam, but it was more of an anti-Israel thing than a pro-Palestine thing. And the PAs bought off, I call them the House Arab with mm -hmm. Abbas. Haven't had an election in 15 years. It's it's a crock. Um, Mubarak for the longest time was bought off. And then even with the multiple revolutions down there, um, each new leader, same situation. Egypt's not going to help. They close the border. You know, Gaza's only there because Egypt doesn't want the Israeli Navy right next to them. So they, they allow a little strip of land as a buffer zone. Otherwise, it would be completely annihilated. Israel also benefited from the basically $2 a week labor and desperation of these people. But um, it doesn't look like Israel's going to win this. That's that's the biggest ha-ha of the whole thing. They can kill more civilians, inflict more casualty, but they're losing people, and they're losing a lot more money, and they're losing clout across the world from a PR point of view of just abusing the hell out of this military state. All they got is rockets and small arms. And they're afraid to go in on the ground because when they did that in 2014, they took major casualties. They're just going to sit back from afar with their U.S. made planes and artillery and shoot at whatever they want and just say human shield. Right. The first thing they did was take out the media. And here's another thing. If if you go like if this dies down and you go to Israel or Palestine. When you have a camera, 
especially if you're a white guy and you're in Palestine, West Bank, they're so excited you're there and happy and want to show you things. Look at this. Film this. Let me tell you this story. This is where the gas canister came in. Look at how they dump our trash. Look at the cage they built around us. Da -da -da -da. They want to tell you everything. On the other side, put down that camera. Get that out of here. Confiscation. They don't want any film. Only one side fears the camera. And that's the Israelis. They do not want the world to know the truth of the abuse and everything that's happening. Whereas Palestinians are jubilant when they see a camera. Finally, someone from the outside might be able to see what's going on. If they post their own stuff on social media, they get punished. They'll come find you and arrest you. Do you want to show a dead body or what? They can't do it. Other journalists have to go in there and do that. And so, of course, they blew up Al Jazeera. They blew up AP. And it wasn't because Hamas was in the building. It's because they didn't want honest coverage of the war. It's cancel culture physically. Well, if we don't own the means to shut you down, we'll just blow it up. Because it is a terrorist state. And they target civilian infrastructure. International, too. They don't care. How is Gaza structured? I mean, can they leave? Can they leave? Can they go to Egypt? Can they go? I mean, is nope. it? It's an open air prison. I mean, it's been. Described. You can illegally bribe somebody at the border, maybe, and get into Egypt and out again, but not, not really. They're stuck there. There are some ways that you can get to like a foreign university, but then you can't come home. So you can leave, but you ain't coming back. There's no right of return. The last person to talk about right of return were the Kennedys, and somebody shot both of them. Robert allegedly by a Palestinian. He's gotten shot 13 times, although it held eight bullets. Thane Eugene Caesar shot Robert Kennedy. I think the people know that by now. Uh, but I have a little video I can show you that sums up what happened with the Kennedys and why they were killed. It's it's Israel. Like they wanted to inspect Demona. They supported right of return. It was suicide in Israel's eyes to allow either one of them to live. And LBJ was their whipping boy. He did everything they wanted. He gave us the USS Liberty. He didn't change any policies on Vietnam or Cuba or anything else. All he changed were Middle Eastern policies. And that's why he was put in charge. But it's sad what happened to the Kennedys. The truth still, still isn't widely disseminated and it's hard to because there's so many like coca-cola conspiracies about it that even when you do tell someone what happened it's just one among many theories or whatever even though the rest of them are just ridiculous and that happened with september 11th that's happened with uh it's starting to happen with jeffrey epstein you have these weirdos saying he's still alive or Lane's not really in jail or just nonsense, right? They're trying to muddy the water on those things too. And then, and that goes back to Israel as well. Glenn Maxwell's father worked with Israeli intelligence. He helped put Mordecai Venunu in jail. He helped steal the promise software from the United States. His daughter was a child procurer really for international kidnapping and rape rings and Epstein with financed by Leon Black and Glenn Dubin and Les Wexner created an operation these are all mega group um second generation mega group people steinhardt's and schotensteins are in there as well and and continued to do so after he'd been arrested all of the groups that is named uh as well as bill gates 
the most powerful men in the United States were supporting this guy who was blackmailing. And, and also one of the things he did with the blackmail was white collar crimes and laundering money through universities because universities have the grant money that are, are at the forefront, the frontier of new scientific and technological developments. And then Israel steals US trade secrets by bribing the university to hand them over by saying, do it or we'll cut off your donors. And the donors are getting blackmailed to donate, right? It's hard to blackmail. If you if Epstein just collected all the money to himself from all these people, there'd be a big red flag. Why is everybody giving all this money to this guy? But he has him do it, launder it through Abigail Wexter and this foundation and that and this university and that. And it's a bribe on the university because the whole purpose is to spy on uh, US tech and science to give it to Israel which is what they did. And then he has all these hedge fund managers by the gonads who get corporate bailouts and stuff. And as well as Deutsche Bank, it's a really complex, massive operation of bribery and blackmail uh, for the benefit of the Israeli state. What kind of guy has a black book that's got two Israeli prime ministers, a prime minister of the United Kingdom, a president of the United States, royal family members from England and Spain, you know, all, all together. He had Tony Blair, Bill Clinton, Ehud Omar, Ehud Barak, Prince Andrew, um, and, and his cousin, John, what's his, I don't care about the royals, but like very important people. All, all he's got all their numbers and, you know, and Bill Gates, some of the richest man in America for a long time who had an affair in 2000 and his underlings like Nathan uh, uh, Mervold are, are sleeping in Epstein's houses multiple times uh, and ad nauseum. I, I don't want to get open that whole can of worms, but I'm just saying the donor class is supporting the Israeli state. There is no George Soros for Palestine, right? There's no George Soros for libertarians even. <laughs> I wish we had one, uh, but no, it's um, the criminal enterprise was already in place. Uh, since Lincoln, really. I mean, the Jeffersonian ideal died with the Civil War and has never recovered. It's just been despotic, militaristic, nepotism and debauchery since 1865. They punished, they turned the South into a little Ireland, exploited it for 50 years. And people today are just like, oh, someone like that can never get elected. There's there's Ron Paul, that's the one counterexample who got in because the incumbent died and they just voted for like the doctor or whatever. That's super rare. And even with a Tulsi Gabbard or a Rand Paul, Rand Paul's father was Ron Paul. Tulsi won in Hawaii. There's a little niche and she got in. She had a lot of support from the Indian American community or whatever. But even they aren't Jeffersonian. I mean, they're against the blatant wars, I suppose, but they still have a lot of bad ideas. And it's weird because the majority of the public doesn't like giving money to Goldman Sachs or the war profiteering of Lockheed Martin. They don't like corporate welfare. They don't like banker bailouts. They don't like pointless invasions, but we keep having them anyway. Because the media, uh, along with the Israelis in the bribery and blackmail, tightly control what you get to hear and don't hear and they decide who gets elected 
you always are voting between two pre-selected candidates. You can't win a primary unless you're on TV and get coverage. And so CNN and company decide who gets to rule over you. And when you look deeply at those companies. Wasn't Trump an anomaly? No, um, he's a Zionist. I mean, it didn't matter. Like Trump or (laughs) Hillary, Zionism wins, right? So that's that's even further proof because it's like, oh, it's the MIC. It's this, it's that. No, all those interests combined still couldn't get Hillary elected because Trump was such a Zionist and the most Zionist wins every time. And Biden figured that out. He's like, I'll just out Zio him. I'll give him the war in Syria that he wouldn't give, you know, and he's in. But Hillary had all the special interest and and name recognition and all that and lost to this outsider because it's every single time, whoever is the most gaffy that's grabs ankles for Israel, that's the winner every time and they didn't care like the primaries once they had hillary versus trump it's israel wins no matter what same biden versus trump they they've already won it's zio versus zio there's never going to be an anti-israel presidential candidate he's just like yeah i cut off all the foreign aid and you know we shouldn't have gone to war in iraq and that was based on israel interests not oil we have this little parasitic nation dragging us in one conflict. Now, why do we have sanctions on Iran? Are they a threat to the United States? No, it's Israel. Why are you supporting Al-Qaeda in Syria? Because that's what Israel wants, right? Libya wanted to open the border because there was a coup in Egypt, and they were going to deliver arms and goods to Palestinians. They had to kill Gaddafi. That's what Israel needed. Didn't help the United States to do that. Caused a giant migrant crisis in Europe. They do things against their own interest to protect the Israeli state because the Israeli state has honey trappers and blackmailers all over the Congress people. And the Congress people are so decrepit. You cannot get into a position of power unless you're compromised. The media will just not promote you unless they own you. So that's the situation we're stuck in. There's never been a bigger divide maybe the COVID stuff, that's pretty big between the mask holes versus normal people. Is it, but, well, isn't it, you were talking about how they always throw in, like, f- when there's a conspiracy, they throw in something to throw you off. And mm-hmm. to me, one of the main ones with COVID is all these quote unquote libertarians running around or the, or anyone, it doesn't even exist. It hasn't been isolated. The, no, I mean, yes, I and know. they sound like complete psychopaths. And I have an I, I have an interview coming out after this one with Jeremy R. Hammond, where he shows that it's been isolated thousands of times all over the world. You know? It's it's the Jonestown effect, is what I call it, because <laughs> Alex Jones is the king of this. And whether he did it on purpose or not, someone would feed he, the guy's just on on panic and paranoid twenty four hours a day. So whatever fits that worldview of the most like ridiculous is what he's going to think that with nine 11, they did that with loose change, denying airplanes, the denying a plane at the Pentagon, just goofy retarded stuff with the tea party, uh, which was taxed enough already. It was actually Ron Paul movement that it got inundated with the birthers and Obama's a secret Muslim and just stupid retarded stuff. Occupy Wall Street was taken over by communists and every issue under the sun, abortion, the rainforest, anything other than Wall Street, right? That was supposed to be the point was the bailouts are wrong. Nope. Um, 
it's some of that's COINTELPRO, but a lot of it is just dumb people running with the ball all on their own. And what happens is if you have an idiot theory, like saying Epstein's alive or something, YouTube will allow that and promote it. And if you, if you deny a school shooting or something, it'll be all over Facebook. But if you have a rational take on it, like my 9-11 films and stuff censored immediately and they go after my, me personally and cancel my payment processors and try and ruin my life. But if you go, if you say, uh, whatever holograms or hijackers are alive or whatever, that's all right. Right. Because it's nonsense. And with COVID, it appears that the Chinese made that in Wuhan laboratories financed by the United States because it was made illegal in America. So they just did gain and function research in Wuhan where you could get away with it. And of course, it's China. So that's like giving a seven-year-old a chainsaw. What could go wrong? They don't. They, these people can't even keep lead out of paint. Um, they have no environmental laws because for the longest time they had no private property rights. It didn't matter. Just dump your trash on the street. Who cares? It's not mine. You know. Um, no real labor laws. Suicide nets on factories and stuff. Like, there's more homeless people in China than there are people in California. You got over 800 million people living on less than $5 a day. And that's not just because of currency. Like that's still not a lot of money. And that's what they're stuck with. Uh, it is a shithole and never should have been doing gain of function research on that viruses that could transmit to humans in China. Like, brought, oh, wow. Really? Like, not Switzerland or Japan or something like China. You're going to let China do that. Well, it got out. Big surprise, right? Uh, it never should have been allowed to outsource such a thing. Why you, Why does gain-of-function research on something so deadly matter? Like, oh, let's make a, a more severe version of smallpox or the Black Plague. That sounds like fun. Like, no, I won't leave it alone. <laughs> like, but no, it is real. It's over-exaggerated. I think the reaction to the coup has done way more damage than the disease itself and i don't believe in masking or any of that but you're right like the, the people that come out oh it's it's that's just a hoax or whatever are helping the establishment because the they are the loudest and that's where the camera's gonna go just like the white supremacists in charlottesville was all of like 20 people or something they, they're going to zoom in on that and act like it's a thing, like the Asian hate thing, which is not a thing. It was like one guy that did something uh, or the or Desmond's amazing. Like there are transgenders everywhere. It's like one little boy with a abusive dad or whatever dresses up and cross whatever. You know, it, it's the you're a, you're a fucking white male. It's like one college kid with a mullet. He's a meme now. Right. They really over exaggerated the existence of something that just isn't there it's barely there right making a, a mountain out of a molehill but what they do is they grab these weirdos that are that and they're like you're just anti-vaccine period right you don't want to get a vaccine for anything a covid vaccine is not even a vaccine it's gene therapy so it's not you can't even compare it it's it don't matter what you think about vaccines this is not a vaccine but you can't compare it to the measles or mumps or something like that because that's not what it even is and it it shucks responsibility of the Americans finance this in China. Both are responsible if you deny it's even real. And that's what happened with like September 11th, right? If you don't think 
hijackers are real or whatever, then if you don't think a plane hit the Pentagon, then you can't trace back the fact that the Saudi state through Omar Bayoumi and Osama Basnan financed Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Midhar who were on flight 77 that crashed into the Pentagon. If you don't have hijackers, you don't have a paper trail, you don't have a money trail, so it doesn't link back to the state. If you don't have a plane hitting the Pentagon, then you can't have the testimony of our transportation secretary, Norman Mineta, saying that Dick Cheney had a stand down order. They, you know, he whipped his neck around. They were saying the plane is 30 miles out, it's 20 miles out. The orders still stand. And Cheney said, of course it stands if you heard otherwise. They allowed the plane to hit the Pentagon because Hanji Hanjour came in too high, did another circle, which was miles long. It wasn't like a little loop corkscrew like they claim. And then got to come in at lower altitudes so he could hit the building. And they could have shot that down. They had two chances and didn't do it. But if you don't admit that there is a plane, then the stand down order doesn't matter. But the standout order does matter because that implicates our own government in allowing the attack to happen minimal, at least with the vice president. And so what they'll do is poison the well, not only with stupidity, but like it cuts off investigation into the real thing. If you don't think there even is a virus, then you're not going to find out it was made in China and you're not going to find out that Echo Health acted as an umbrella organization to do all this uh illegal financing from NIH and everybody else. They, um, they, Fauci's like, oh, that's done in North Carolina at UNC. Uh-huh. With the data and research you acquired from Wuhan, who you financed through Echo Health. He's just parsing words, playing like legalese nonsense. Uh, he's just lying. We, I mean, we're not, we're not financing it in Wuhan. Okay, you financed Echo Health and they financed it in Wuhan. You know, He's just being very careful with his words. This is the biggest scam in my uh, maybe history. Like the world shut down over this crap. And you made it in a lab with your irresponsibilities. And it should be the largest class action lawsuit ever. None of these institutions should exist anymore. Fauci should be tar and feathered. Like, yeah, rendition him to some salt pit in Romania or whatever, where that guy should be publicly flogged like that. He is a lying weasel that hurt so many people and got so many people killed. And he gets to be on TV telling people when they can take their mask or double mask off or whatever. They should suffocate him with masks. Like keep putting mask on his face until he doesn't breathe. That guy I, I'm against torture for information. I'm okay for punishment. When cases like this, when you when you affect billions, the electric chair is not enough. I mean, the hell with the Eighth Amendment. <laughs> I'm venting because I I'm just really angry about this. Like all these people are thrown out of school, restaurants, barbers, gyms, you name it, all these small businesses. And on top of that, some of them are getting torched and looted by leftist gangs. And you created the whole problem. But yeah, the, the so-called libertarians are out there being like, that ain't real. Those are the, the Jonestown, Adam Kokesh variety, purity spiral anarchist types, right? Statist, oh, you believe in courts? <laughs> Statist. Like, I have no time for these people. The first thing they do is run at the police and the courts when there's a problem. Such hypocrites. <laughs> 
we need police reform i agree but like i live in a country that has police i don't have a problem with the japanese police but the japanese police don't have an iq cutoff they don't have red flag laws they don't have um the redistribution of property that they confiscate like they don't have a lot of the things that they're not trained by the israelis you know like, the problems with the u.s police force are multiplicable but it isn't just cops as a it like it couldn't work it doesn't work the ones we have don't but it, they're not they don't behave like that everywhere there are ways to do it better and maybe you could say we'll just get rid of them period vigilante justice whatever but um the abuse that they're doing like Derek Chauvin was trained by the Israelis the knee on the neck thing that comes from them mm -hmm. just waste of money I mean I'm sure we could teach them how to abuse people ourselves <laughs> But, you know, we, we want court systems. The thing is, anarchy is a very different from libertarian. It's minimal government. Keep the government out of the marketplace. Don't let them pick winning losers. Get rid of the welfare state. Get rid of the Fed. Get rid of the income tax, the IRS. I'm all, I'm all for get rid of the whole federal government. Uh, we have 50 state governments. I mean, what is the federal government for? Um, see, Ron Paul's too big government for me. I want, I want it all. I want to get rid of D.C. Just hell with it. <laughs> Just make it part of Virginia. And that's it. Screw DC. We don't need it. They cause nothing but problems. It, it's just catering the interests of San Francisco and New York. The rest of the country is paying off the debts of these cities for their own irresponsible practices. You know, it shouldn't be there. But um, some of these anarchists, they just go around. They have no solutions either. And no. it's just, uh, no, and they fall for it because they want to be the most rebellious or something. I'm like, dude, that doesn't make sense. It is a virus. I had it. I had COVID. It sucked for two weeks. It's not made up. It was a real problem. It was a real disease. Um, they, they'll say that about everything, though. And even if you don't isolate something, doesn't mean it does. It's not real. Mm. AIDS was a thing. Um, never been isolated. But you know, whatever. There's something out there killing people. There's something out there getting people sick. And you could say, oh, it's just in uh, SARS 2. Okay, well, SARS is real. <laughs> you know? like, oh, I hate it. I hate the well poisoners. And they don't even know. They're not even aware of it. These are the same kind of people that thinks marijuana cures cancer. Like, they just believe whatever sounds good to them doesn't have to match the facts at all. Boom. Hope everybody had a nice bathroom refresh. <laughs> um, I do pick on people for the Coca-Cola stuff, but part of the responsibility of this has to be on the mass media because they've gaslit people. They lie to them so much about everything, whether it's the Iraq war, corporate bailouts, and oh, we needed that, that they don't know what to think or who to trust. And so they become victims of charlatans online that because they're they, they're directionless they know the television's full of shit so they've graduated to level one at least uh but they don't know where to go and unfortunately social media purposely promotes the nonsense because it's clickbaity and suppresses the rational voices and it's kind of hard i've had people many times the typical Especially with September 11th. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying not to spurg on 9-11 stuff, but that was 20 years of my life. It's 20th anniversary coming up. 
but a lot of people would find my 9-11 work and be like, my God, I spent five, six, 10 years following around Alex Jones about building seven, or I used to believe this about from loose change or a 9-11 or whatever. I had no idea there was all this information about this. And I'm like, oh yeah. And you want to know about Iran Contra? And, and I'll put him on to Robert Perry. You, oh, you want to know about Waco? Put him on to Sky Horton. Oh, you want to know about Numac? Put him on to Grant Smith. Like the, there's lots of conspiracies and, and things that they don't know that they don't know. And um, they, it's kind of like this darker dark web, right? Once they're in this circle, once they found like the Libertarian Institute or ANC report or something, they they're ready to learn the grown up stuff. But you know, and if we, if we're not allowed to have a presence on YouTube and Twitter and so on and so on and so on, how do they find us? You know, it's almost all word of mouth because there's no. I know that Google deranked antiwar.com. I know losing Justin Romano had to be a big hit as you know blow to them as well. But uh, it it's not a fair playing field. And the number one thing I hear was, I, I used to think this, and you, thank you so much. I really didn't know this was out there. How do you know all this stuff? How do you know all these things about Epstein? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I research it. And my research does not consist of watching other people's videos. Like I go to primary sources and do the work, which is fine. Not everybody has to do that. You know, we can't all specialize them. I have no idea how the, power gets to my house or you know how the engine works in my car whatever everyone's got something i'm a research person whatever i don't expect people to put all the time and hours in that i am but when people are doing it, all those people i just named for example who are so good in their field you know max blumenthal is really great on palestine by the way throw him in there too they um we need to promote all these people on these subjects and uh, network together, not purity spiral and this and that. But I, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but I have people just uh, practically in tears that they were in the dark for so long and these charlatans have really fucked them up. And so when they go around saying stupid stuff like viruses aren't real or whatever, it's because of the David Ikes and Alex Joneses and these, you know, weirdo things like the guy that made Thrive forgot his name the mullet guy or that japanese futurist who's a kook um mr 200 iq i'm not gonna even say their names i'm just saying these these people so full of shit and lead people the just like a dog chasing his tail or barking up the wrong tree just a path to nowhere but they never would have the opportunity to lie to these people if fox and cnn and MSNPC and ABC and CBS and BBC had not lied to them first. That's why they get wrapped up in this uh, baloney. They didn't make these things up. Like when you hear a complex narrative about Sandy Hook or whatever, they didn't find that. They went and that was ready-made and handed to them online, right? The Obamas of Kenyan Muslim, whatever. That's ready-made and handed to them. QAnon is pumped it out. And man, there's definitely intelligence involved in that because the, the nonsense is too uniform and nonsensical to have been independently created all over the place. No, they're, they feel like um, they're special when they have 
sacred knowledge of ever like i'm sure you've noticed this in martial arts as soon as soon as somebody learns like one wrist trick or whatever they they go and show their whole family and everybody like here grab my wrist whatever and like you just don't know shit that's like playing basketball is like well i can dribble pass and shoot i guess the michael jordan that's all he does just way better you know like learning a move martial art doesn't make you you know uh ryan hall or something but um or gordon ryan in jiu-jitsu or you know whatever you're not bruce lee uh but they'll do this with with political information too they're like come running up to you you're like did you know the federal reserve isn't even federal did you know about fractional reserve banking let me evangelize you i'm like yeah i know about it uh, but whenever they first learn about rothschilds or whatever they go overboard tell it on the mountain typical noob behavior and are snarky about it where it's the person that learned about it yesterday who smears in everyone's face the most like, oh you didn't know this i know this you didn't ha ha idiot da, da, da. And a lot of libertarian noobs do the same thing. They, they learn about Rothbard or Ron Paul, whatever, and Hayek, and, they, and it is the correct information. But rather than calmly explaining the better way to somebody, it's the holier-than-thou thing. Oh, you don't even know about this. Milton Friedman said, blah, 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 and just rub someone's nose in. And that doesn't convert anybody, you know? <laughs> like, oh, you don't even know about competitive markets. And it's always the noobs and others they aren't impressed by that. And that happens with all these events too. This is, as soon as somebody learns some factoid about September 11th or Epstein or whatever, they go run and tell everybody and they don't really know it very well. And they can't articulate it very well because they just learned it an hour ago or whatever, or a year ago, they still wouldn't know about it uh, and go out and evangelize. So I'd ask people like, check yourself like if you just learned these things this week or a year then you should still defer to other people to explain it don't go and try and explain numec to people unless you really know it just defer to grant smith or roger munson or someone that is in on that all day every day right don't try and explain 9-11 to somebody don't try and explain the iraq war to somebody if you just sort of know it wherever you got it from you know help that person out they're working their ass off you should defer and say you should check out this guy or this girl but they don't they try and act like oh i know all this and they don't and they screw it up so stop evangelizing noobs <laughs> noobs you want to um promote what you want to promote and we'll get out of here on this sure uh i want peace in the middle east is my dream but if we don't have a viable real alternative media everything else we wish for isn't going to happen and so to do that we're going to have to have payment processors and some place to live stream and podcast and so currently since i'm kicked off the everything i'm using something called peertube and I have my own website and I have a payment processor from an American Indian reservation because I can't use PayPal is limited. So my website is ancreport.com and I do live streams every day except for Sunday. And I'm usually on someone else's show or something anyway, and that's vid.ancreport.com. 
and we have a membership. We do not use Patreon. The hundred percent goes to our crew. So people can sign up for monthly memberships. And I offer in there are 92 different debates and woodsheds that I've had, including the Barry Weiss one you mentioned, like the seven hour long one. I think that's the second longest one I ever did. It was Barry, seven hours, yeah. There was a 10 hour one on Dershowitz because there was just so much stuff. <laughs> I think Alex Jones had like a seven hour one too, if you combine all five of his. But anyway, all the, I debated IDF soldiers. I debated Christian Zionists. All those goodies are behind the paywall since they got deleted on YouTube. Um, all our Civil War stuff's there if you're a paid member. And it just helps out our site. So ANC, anti-neocon, report.com. The Biden Crime Syndicate film is coming out on Saturday. And you can get a Biden crime map with that too. We sell Epstein maps and Biden maps because this stuff gets overwhelming Remembering, remembering all the names and institutions and stuff. So we've made a map, a visual thing for visual learners. And we sell those because I got to sell something. <laughs> we don't have a Soros, like I said. I don't, I don't have any like super donor. They're afraid to associate with me. I have lots of little five and $10 things. So I, I hope you want to, you can become one of those, whoever's listening. <laughs> It, it costs way less to tell the truth than it does to lie. That's how we can beat them. They need to spend millions to reinforce the bullshit over and over again. We don't need that much. That's why we can win with way less. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. No problem.